Welcome back in, Brady Farkas Show, right here on this Monday on WDEV, AM and FM, and WDEVradio.com. I'm still trying to process what happened yesterday for the Patriots, losing 30-24, to falling to 7-7 seven and seven now in the season. One of the craziest endings I've ever seen in NFL history. And joining me now to talk about what set up that crazy ending is former NFL head of officiating Jim Diopolis. You know, before there was Dean Blandino on your TV screen and Mike Pereira, there was Jim Diopolis, and Jim is with us now. Jim, how are you? I'm great, Brady. Great to be with you. Thank you. You know, I'm going to ask you about the Keelan Cole touchdown play in a second, the one that everyone's talking about, but the ending to that game was insane. What did you think when you saw that, and what is the craziest ending you remember being a part of? I'll tell you, I have never seen anything like that before in my life, watching football. Um, it was it, that was just the craziest ending. I, I don't even know what the Patriots were trying to accomplish on that play. Uh, they had the game going into overtime. There was nothing that they could have done to change the outcome of that game at that point. And to throw the ball in that in that vicinity and, and to throw it backwards like that, it just didn't make any sense at all to me. Uh, I, I can I just can't even put anything in in, uh, in the same uh, same sense as that one. That was really crazy. Yeah, unbelievable. And the Patriots had a, had a tough loss a couple of years ago in Miami where the Dolphins went down the field and, and succeeded on a play like that. So the Pats have been a part of a couple of these crazy ones in Decembers in the last few years. But yeah, last night, uh, just shocking and gutting. Now, let's get to the officiating aspect of this. And I have a bunch of questions about the Keelan Cole touchdown, and I kind of want to ask them in a sequential order here. So I guess my first question is... On the field, when that play is called a touchdown, is that called a touchdown at the time because it is genuinely believed by the official that it's a touchdown, or is it called a touchdown because it's just easier to call it a touchdown in terms of the subsequent review process? Yeah, that's a great question. And and I would hope that the official is making that call uh, on what he observes on the field. You know, he's watching... He, he's watching the, that the receiver gets his feet down inbounds. He's watching that he keeps control of the ball. Uh, and basically what you try to do on that is you try to make it as correct a decision as you can make. You're not, you're not guessing at it. You, you've got to make a, a decision. And the great thing about the National Football League is that all those uh, touchdown plays are, are reviewed so they do have an opportunity to, to review that play. So as an official, you want to give the player the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, especially on those those very, those close calls that are uh, that are close to the sideline that uh, that have a, that are going to be questioned. So it's called a touchdown. It subsequently gets reviewed, and the review gets held up there. When the when the official goes to review. What exactly is happening? Who's talking to them? What angles are they looking at, et cetera? Well, basically what is happening is that call goes to New York. They're looking at it. You know, there's a replay official in the uh, at the game that is also talking to the referee at that time, and they're looking at it. But the decision is made in New York uh, with, a, with a head of officiating, uh, Walt Anderson. He's looking at that, uh, at that play. They've got different angles. And they've got to make the decision, and they've got to see something that is clear and obvious to reverse what's called on the field. Um, so, what you're trying to do as an official is you're you're going to try to give the the player the benefit of the doubt as much as possible, unless it's clear and obvious to you that he's out of bounds. 
If it's a tight one like it was yesterday, then you're going to go with, with the catch if you're not 100% sure that he did step on the line or he did not control the football all the way through the process of the catch. You know, we talk all the time in baseball about seeing the chalk come up. Ah, we saw it get white, and, and then the, we see the replay of the foul line, and there's a little bit of white that's taken you know, that's taken out of the grass there. Um, because we didn't see the white come up yesterday, is that part of the reason the call holds up as a touchdown? I, I really, what my feeling is, is that the official made the call that it was a touchdown. I think when it went to New York, uh, when they looked at it based on the angles that they had, there was nothing clear and obvious that uh, gave them the opportunity to reverse the call. Um, you know, I've looked at shots, um, you know, being a Patriots fan, I kind of, uh, lean to the side as I thought it was out of bounds. Mm-hmm. But again, as a as a supervisor, as somebody up in the office that's trying to make a decision on that, they've got to have a, a clear and obvious shot that shows that that foot is on the line, and I don't believe they had that shot. Former NFL head of officiating Jim Deopolis with us here on the Brady Farkas Show on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. Um, you know, the league is, I feel like this always happens, but the league is under a lot of pressure with the officiating. And the question that always comes up is, why are the officials not full-time, Jim? So talk to me a little bit about the training. Should it be a full-time position? Well, you know, Bray, we've talked about that for years and years. Uh, back when I was even on the field, they talked they talked about that, about being full-time. Um, first of all, I'm not sure if full-time is going to make officials any better. Uh, the officials that are working right now, uh, the ones that put in the extra time, the, they are compensated very well for what they're doing. They don't need to have another job. Uh, they're able to uh, live on the income that they make as an official. So, you know, you would consider them full-time. Um, again, the league, the league feels that they, they need to be where they are. They don't need to be full-time because it's not going to make them any better. Are they going to still miss calls? Sure, they're going to miss calls. But being full-time is not going to make them any better. The ones that are better spend full-time on it. Given that there is so much at stake in terms of competitive integrity, but given also there's so much financially at stake, especially considering how valuable the league is and how in bed the league is with gambling, how much pressure is now on officials? Well, there's always pressure on officials. Uh, And it's mostly the pressure you put on yourself when you're out there. Uh, You are striving to be the best at your position. Uh, the officials that are on the field are supposedly the best, and, and the best in the country, the best football officials that there are available. Uh, so, as one of those one of those 121 officials, uh, you you feel that you know you want to perform at the at 100 percent every time, um, and you question every call that you make. You you're out there working. You want to make sure, but you want to be correct every time. So there's, there's an awful lot of pressure. Probably the league doesn't put as much pressure as you think that they would on them. I think the play, the officials put enough pressure on themselves to be correct and make sure they get the calls correct. You know, I know that there is a, a media availability after the game with a with the head official and the NFL pool reporter. So the officials do get questioned after the game. But um, do you think that officials should have to 
answer questions in the way that players and coaches do after the game? Well, I, I think there's a, there's, a, there's a reason why the officials are out there. And I think they need to be able to justify their calls. So often uh, a call is made and there's a lot of questions by the announcers, by uh, the, the fans. And the, and the officials, all they are trying to do is a, when they talk to the pool reporter is they're trying to clarify a call that was, that occurred out there. Um, they do the best job that they can on that. Sometimes the, the referee who has to be the, uh, who reports to the pool reporter, you know, he's not the one that made the call. So he's got to get the, uh, information secondhand from the official that actually makes the call. But they try to give as much information as they can and be as clear and concise as possible. Uh, sometimes it works and sometimes it doesn't work. You know, I am. I have always been in this camp, right? I am never in the, oh, the refs cost us the game camp. I, I don't think that one call ever decides a game. You look at that game yesterday, the Patriots were bad in the red zone again, and they screwed up a chance to get a touchdown before halftime. They had a punt block that punt blocked. They still made that play after that touchdown call. That cost, you know, that, that was the game uh, ending fumble recovery for a touchdown by Chandler Jones. So the Patriots did plenty to lose that game on their own, as far as I am concerned. But you as an official, when you have made what is an important and controversial call, what is going through your mind after the game? Is Do you ever think, like, did I have an impact on the outcome? The first thing you think is, gosh, did I make the correct call? And I can tell you, the officials, as soon as the game's over, they they go to their little recorder that they get. They get the uh, a DVD of the game. They can see their calls as soon as they get into the locker room and they are back there checking them because um, it's really important to them to make the correct call. And if uh, if they miss it, they know they miss it. And I can tell you, it, it uh, kind of sits with you the whole week if you miss that call. Was there ever a player that was tough to deal with as an official? You know, Tom Brady gets the rep as being pretty whiny, frankly. But uh, was there ever a player that you found it tough to deal with? You know, I, I I kind of had a great relationship with players. I, I'll tell you, I, you know, guys like uh, Deion Sanders and uh, Andre Ryzen, the, the guys that I kind of dealt with when I was in the league, uh, you know, you, you have to try to establish a rapport with them. Uh, you cannot be just robotic out there and go through the motions. You've got to have a little bit of a personality. And, uh, you know, I think they're, they're, they're missing that a little bit right now in the NFL. Uh, players have got to get a little bit better, a little bit better communication with the with the players and with the coaches because that kind of it kind of you know breaks the ice a little bit, especially when there's a controversial call that you can talk to the official, the players with. You know, all those years as an NFL official, then the the head of the officials. There's got to be a go-to story that you break out at cocktail parties. So, what is that go-to story? Well. You know, Brady, it has to be the first call that I made ever in the uh, <laughs> National Football League. Uh, I made a call uh, against the uh, Houston Oilers in a game against Tampa Bay. And uh, Jerry Glanville was the coach of the uh, Houston Oilers at the time. Uh, and after I made the call, he he asked the, the referee at the time, he said, I want to talk to the college boy. Bring the college boy over here because it was my first game. And uh, I went over there. And as you can imagine, I was I was pretty nervous. Uh, I couldn't hardly, you know, open my mouth. And uh, 
he, he you know he said the you know this is the this isn't a homecoming game. This is the NFL. You know what NFL stands for. And I was shaking my head. And before I could get a word out, Jerry said to me, not for long. If you keep making those chicken crap calls, we're both going to be selling groceries. And that was kind of my indoctrination into the National Football League many years ago. And uh, it, it established a great uh, rapport that I had with Jerry over all the years. And uh, it was kind of a fun thing. And I, I get to see it on uh, on clips every now and then on ESPN, but uh, it was kind of a fun thing, and that uh, kind, kind of my, uh, you know, my again, as I said, my indoctrination into the National Football League. You know, there was one last thing I wanted to ask you that I I forgot to a second ago about the Keelan Cole play. There was a, a, a I don't know if it was a joke or if it's true, but going around social media that that game was supposed to be on Sunday Night Football, and it got flexed out into the four oh five time slot yesterday. Is it true that there would be more camera angles available to the officials if that game had been on Sunday night? Is that true? One hundred percent true. Why is that? Absolutely. How? How is? Wh- why are the same camera angles not available at four oh five as at eight <laughs> fifteen? That, that's a that's a question you'd have to ask the National Football League. But you know, when you it's it's kind of like uh, you know when you work the Super Bowl, there's you know there's a there's a hundred cameras out there at you know different angles. It's just it's just the different games, uh, you know, and, and they all they all have a, a pretty good, re, you know, number of games. But when the game goes to national TV on Sunday night football, um, you know, NBC does a pretty good job with all the different camera angles, a little bit better than just the local TV stations that would uh, that would run those games. So, yeah, that that's a, uh, a, a true statement. Jim Deopolis, former NFL head of officiating. That's right. Before Gene Steratore and Dean Landino and Mike Pereira, there was Jim. Jim, we appreciate the time and the perspective on everything. Thanks for clearing some things up for us. I appreciate it. Have a happy holidays, and I'll talk to you soon.